This is Jeremy Renta. And this is Amy Solara. And you have discovered Mantra and Magic. A podcast where Eastern philosophy meets Western magical practice. Hey, everybody. Welcome to a super duper short special episode with just Jeremy and me. It's super special. <laughs> it is because we're having a, a, it's the only way to just describe the kind of scheduling kerfuffles that we've been having. I mean, it is the season for people to not be doing things. I feel like in the middle of this, people are, I would say, usually traveling, but it's like there's a lot of family time. There's a lot of like catching up on last minute stuff to close out the rest of the year. So we have had some some kerfuffles, as you could say, with uh, with some of our guests not being able to make it. But it's gives us a chance to chat. So. It does. And then you then and I get that. to catch up because then it's on the calendar. So we're like obligated to have sibling time have to have a conversation with you (laughs) (laughs) you are required to show up and talk to me about magic and oh damn oh damn um so do we want to dive into the the bhagavad gita quote that we were talking about before how do we want to set this up because we are in the first week today's actually december 1st it is so today's the first of december so this is like a follow-up for all of you who listened last week to the energy report, because mm-hmm. yesterday was the full moon. Today is the 1st of December and we're really feeling, um, or at least Jeremy and I, this kind of lightness that's happening. And I think that's super Sagittarius that, ah, fire is coming through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. After- dump everything that you don't need and head off for the mountain. <laughs> <laughs> It's, I mean, I guess so. That's always how I picture this, the, the image of Sagittarius. It's just like somebody who's just staring up at the stars and doesn't know. You don't never know where the, your feet will take you. What is it that uh, Frodo says or Bilbo says? Be careful when you Frodo step out stepping door, out so. on the road because yeah. if you don't follow your feet, there's no knowing where the road will take you. That's right. Uh, so there's a whole lot of almost that. Almost got that tattooed. I do think, though, <laughs> yeah, there's so many Lord of the Rings quotes that I'm kind of grateful for that I didn't get tattooed because they would just take up my whole body. Um, I I always pictured Sagittarius as like the centaurs in Harry Potter. The mm. ones that like, you know how they, there's, they have the different personalities and there was the one who would just kind of answer in these strange mystical <laughs> riddles and everyone would kind of look around like, did you get that? I didn't get that. And they're just staring at the stars. <laughs> That's the one good thing about Trelawney getting booted out. I did like when they brought, what was his name? Ferens. Ferens, something like that. Something with an F. Yeah, that yeah, sounds Ferenz. about right. Yeah, Ferens, that's it, yes. The inflection was on the wrong syllable. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. We're, in that, we're in that good time. We're in that, uh, that uh, cinnamon and nutmeg and and uh, dealing with all of the stuff from the past year time. And uh, so the, what we were hoping to, what I was hoping to discuss is, uh, is a quote from the Bhagavad Gita. At least we can kind of dive into this. And it kind of comes back to, to round out everything that we've been doing this past year too. I feel like there's been a lot of exploration for both of us in astrology. There's been a lot of exploration in connecting with uh, our deities, our teachers, our guides, and in new and exciting ways like 
I'm, I'm so grateful that I have the kind of mind that I have because my moon is also in Sagittarius and it's in the 12th house. So there's, it's out there. Like I'm like, my, my moon is like on the apogee as far as it can go. It's, it's as far away. Um, so for me to be able to have like the mind that is constantly questioning and is constantly kind of wondering how can this relationship develop in a different way when it comes to, uh, to divinity, it's really, it's really powerful. So um, the, the, the quote is uh, from Bhagavad Gita. It's the third verse or the third chapter, ninth verse. Um, work must be done. Work must be done as a, a sacrifice to the Supreme Lord. Otherwise, work causes bondage in the material world. Therefore, perform your prescribed duties without being attached to the results for the satisfaction of God. In the beginning, Brahma created humankind and duties and said, prosper in the form of these sacrifices, for they shall bestow upon you all you wish to achieve. By your sacrifices, the celestial gods will be pleased, and by cooperation between humans and celestial gods, prosperity will reign for all. Um, so the thing that really came to me with this was our teacher Deborah Silverman's quote, or song, which is falling in love with your fate, falling, falling in love, in with, love your with your fate, fate. Falling 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 falling, 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 falling. So it's the idea of like just the whole idea of the the gods. I, I love the fact too that Hindu mythology speaks of the celestial gods, which is a direct correlation to the astrological idea of the planets, as opposed to it being kind of buried in the way that it's been retranslated um, in uh, a lot of Western uh, esoteric ideas or. Exoteric ideas, I guess, technically, since it's it's uh, uh, applicable for the masses. Right. Um, but like being able to know thyself from what it is that you chose to be here for, I think is a is a huge part of this. And you know, we had talked um, at the beginning when we first started recording too about you were talking about wanting to remove the term sacrifice completely, like you didn't like what that term meant. And I think also that I. I I feel like there's, at least, at least in this, uh, this description, there's so much about sacrifice being the concept of free will being developed after we've come here and formed our ego. So free will seems to be a product of the ego as opposed to a sacrifice. It's a sacrifice of the ego and of your free will to be able to do what you already said that you were going to do, the contract you already made with God before you came here and to be able to like know what energies you have when it comes to like the celestial deities or the the planets or the stars that we've got going on to be able to um you know to be able to sacrifice uh, uh to be able to sacrifice going out and playing in the snow to get the 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 the, the yard shovel to get the driveway shovel to actually get your work done you know mm -hmm. so i still um, don't like the word but i like your description of it okay I think, I think there's a, a it's a good option for me yeah. i it shouldn't ever be seen as a as what to me sacrifice implies where you're you're missing out or you are having to give up or turn over something and more that you or i or anyone is capable of choosing at all times exactly what it is we're doing and in that choice we are simply 
prioritizing one thing or another. And if it's, I don't want to let the snow build up so that I can walk freely and then I can play for longer, Mm -hmm. then is it a sacrifice or is it just a choice to be responsible in the moment? And I think a lot of humans don't prioritize responsibility because it's perceived as boring. Mm -hmm. And so then they have to sacrifice things in order to create space for others when to me, it's, it's just the choosing of it. Or what are you going to choose? Are you going to choose right. gratification now or gratification later? And either way or, you get gratified. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, and that's like getting rid of the, the concept of uh, being tied to the fruit of your actions, right? Like this, mm-hmm. I think this is actually, is that in this quote? I, I wrote it down on another piece of paper. Um, oh, no, it is. Uh, therefore, perform your prescribed duties without being attached to the results. So it's the idea of you've you got a script that you loosely have to follow when you come to the planet, right? Mm-hmm. You could completely throw it off and and say fuck it, but it's like if you're paying attention to to the things that have happened in your life or your your abilities that you have, the way that people come up to you and just share random information, or the way that people look to you to be a leader or the fact that you are hot-headed and you're the first person to charge into to things like if those are the things those all need to be we all we have to have all of those characters in the play for the play to actually be interesting mm-hmm. and for the play to actually mean something right like if you completely think squash, why, squash everything down yeah you're 100% i agree with you that we need to have all those people and sometimes we get caught up in wanting to be one of the other people when we've mm-hmm. chosen one that's uncomfortable or new and that's why i think in astrology, we, we look at all the players because we realize that they're all necessary to make up the circle. And then in both astrology and in Hindu mythology, which is what we're talking about with the Bhagavad Gita, and they have their own astrology system, we recognize that we keep coming back. So we get to try all those players out. And mm-hmm. that by fully devoting yourself to the natural talents and gifts that you were born with, you will struggle far less. I've found for myself, the more that I embrace what it is I'm naturally good at, and I don't question it or try to be as good as somebody else at something I'm perceiving, then the more my life feels smooth and graceful. And Mm -hmm. it's not a hustle. It's just a well, this is, this is what I'm supposed to do. Like when I was right. rebelling against motherhood, <laughs> mm-hmm. like no way ever am I going to have children. Why isn't anything working out the way I want it to? <laughs> <laughs> well, the same thing for me, right? Like I've always, yeah. we've talked about it ad nauseum about my diet and because my Saturn is where it is in, in Virgo, that is literally the lesson. That's, and, and so that's the question. Is it a sacrifice for me to give up eating the things that I really want to, that short-term gratification for the long-term gratification of being able to, you know, connect more clearly with spirit, to be able to sleep better, to have a healthier body, you know, to be able to be a channel to to share with mm-hmm. people the things that maybe they can't understand unless I'm able to word it in a way that makes sense to them. Maybe that's why I don't like the word sacrifice. Is is that exact analogy of I never want to tell any client I work with or any family member that I needle. Um, that they have to sacrifice any food. It's more that they are choosing the food that is the most optimal. Mm-hmm. And I think that can broaden to every aspect of experience where are you sacrificing time where you get to sit on the couch and just watch something? Or are you devoting time to moving your body and becoming physically active 
are you sacrificing time uh, that could be spent doing something or are like to me the the only time I feel like there's a sacrifice involved is when there's a a paradigm or a level of existence that is not in abundance giving and, more than you're comfortable giving and they are and that person in that vibration that space of survival not thrive but survive mm -hmm. they sacrifice because there is no almost no room for some of the things that would be perceived as normal freedoms or pursuits of enjoyment that other people have because they have to work or they mm -hmm. have to spend time away from their children or they have to and there's a there's a need aspect there that I don't think is always universal. I think it's still a perception because if our society was built in a way where everybody was fully supported, where we were in a, in a system where nobody was concerned about where their next meal was gonna come from or who was gonna take care of their children or how they were or gonna- Or if you just didn't travel. have other people's opinions being forced upon you at all points in time, which is like, again, if you state that you have an idea or you have an opinion about something, People want to know why it is that you believe that, or if you start, you know, following a new religion or something along those lines. People are like, "Why did you do that?" It's like you're asking what my opinion is on it, as opposed to what I know. Like I know that this works for me. That's another reason I think that you're not supposed to talk about at least religion, but politics. Like they bring that into play, and then it's, but that's all. That's all the discourse is. That's that's what everything happens with that undertone. So, yeah, yeah. I feel like there's a there's a, there's a, I feel like this, the concept of sacrifice, I do not like that word either. And I think you're right. It is like letting go, saying that you want to, you have to give something that someone else is saying that you have to give up or you're making a choice that is supposedly selfless, which mm -hmm. is not it, because it ends up becoming a, an ego imbalance anyways, because you're doing it to try to be, um, good. We'll say good. Yeah. Most people, that's what they're trying to do today. They're, everybody's trying to prove how good they are. Mm -hmm. I was having this conversation with um, Anton and one of our friends, one of his very old friends the other night, he came over for dinner and a tattoo. And um, we were talking about how many people we were all mutually friends with that were just trying so hard to prove that they are good because mm -hmm. they're so terrified of their own nature. And that's something that I think if, if people listening to this didn't get to do it during Scorpio season, it's harder during all the rest of them, but it's possible. I think you and I have fully embraced um, the possibilities of how not good we are mm -hmm. and suffer from the opposite where we're constantly beating ourselves up for how bad we are. Right. And I think there's some people who do that internally too. But I, I've been noticing so many Instagram posts and other social media posts and, and things that, that people are, are telling me in person. They're like, yeah, but I'm doing my best. I'm like, okay. And they're kind of like, what? <laughs> and I don't care. I don't care, honestly, if they're proving that they're good or not, because all humans are capable of both the greatest good and the utmost evil. Well, this is also why having a mirror is so incredibly important. Like I can think that I'm doing 
the right things in situations that I'm aware of. But like Thanksgiving, uh, Thanksgiving was this weekend was tough. Like it was a very there was a lot of clearing and stuff. I had a, a lot of emotions that came up. Um, and uh, <laughs> in the morning, I was working on getting uh, Thanksgiving ready. And of course, instead of listening to something uplifting, I was like, I'm going to work over this weekend because it's four days. So I put on the uh, the audiobook for um, adult children of emotionally immature parents, which <laughs> if you've never listened to that book, or if you've never read that book, let me tell you something, it can be a bit of a gut punch. Um, so I'm listening to this, and she's, she's describing all of these personality traits for people who are emotionally immature. And, she, you know, there's not a blame or anything on it. She's just like, people who are this way, have these personality attributes. And I'm like, I've done that my entire life. You know, so it's not a, that I'm even blaming my parents, I'm starting to look at myself from a different lens that, you know, it's, it's a bit crushing and a, a little bit, I would say kind of hurtful. Um, but it's, it's necessary because if I can see it and then you can see the pattern, it's like, oh, well, I don't have to do that anymore. And then that way I can be aware of it when it comes back up again. I know that we've talked about this again a lot this past year. Yeah. So um, this has been again, the year of it though. Yeah. I don't think that that's necessarily a sacrifice. Me giving up douchey behavior is not a sacrifice. It's just like, that was a, that was a bandaid that I've put on to be able to, you know, to keep people from getting angry with me. Mm -hmm. So this is something Carolyn was talking a lot about uh, in the wealth community last month, which I'm a part of. And um, Carolyn Elliott, if you haven't listened to this podcast for the past seven months, then maybe you haven't heard of her name, but otherwise, <laughs> um, she was going on about how we resort to malice when we don't want to feel. Mm -hmm. uh, and we want to blame others when we know that the responsibility is our own because mm -hmm. it's so much easier to put it outside of ourselves than to deal with our own crap. Yep. And this is something I was talking about with the All Souls men's group uh, last night about how we our, our knee-jerk reaction when someone's describing something is to hear a word like terrifying and to say, tell me more. There's a sensationalism. Mm -hmm. There's a mm -hmm. eroticism around bad and awful and negative because if we can prove that we aren't the only ones who have this like rotten core, <laughs> then we mm -hmm. feel a little better about ourselves. Mm -hmm. And I think at the same time, it's, it's that Sagittarius nature of wanting to shine the light in the darkness of what is the deeper truth here? What is the, mm -hmm. how far can the truth go? I do think that there are too many people nowadays who are waking up to some of the realities of the planet and are only seeking these energies these stories about some of the rotten behavior that humans have been acting on towards other humans and they mm -hmm. just want to find more they're like oh tell me who's involved oh which politician which celebrity which the this and that because well, it's just... the same it's it's the same thing with uh, the esoteric community like i was reading an article the other day on some our blog on somebody's website and they were going into this breakdown on on hebrew or on uh, god names and that type of thing and i was like all right cool this is i can actually get behind this i might actually follow this guy and then at the bottom he goes into an anti-semitic rant for another like four paragraphs and i'm like you just completely derailed homie like you're you're on a spiritual growth you're on you're on the path to spiritual growth and you're still looking at the politics of of physical form you know yeah. so it was, it was, it was a slightly, it was slightly problematic, but that's what I'm saying. Like, it's still, it's still present. It's still there. There's still our search for definitive 
uh, it was funny this morning I was listening to uh, the Indigo Girls, The Closer I Am to Fine. And I don't think I'd ever really listened to the lyrics before. And they were talking about like going to school and studying philosophy. And, you know, the, the uh, chorus is, I went to the I went to the churches, I went to the mountains, I swam in the rivers, I drank from the fountains. Um, and, you know, this whole idea of like something that's pointing you in a crooked line. And the less they seek their source of definitive, the closer you are to find. So it's like you aren't going to be able to find something that's definitive because things are always going to be changing. And also you trying to, to put a, a definitive on something is is pointless. It's kind of bullshit, right? Because you're going to be a different person later than you are currently. So. That's why I love what, what Andrew said like the very first meeting of the men's all souls is the unfolding truth. What mm-hmm. is, what is the unfolding truth for you right now? And the, mm-hmm. and that's so Sagittarius because Sagittarius mm-hmm. is willing to recognize that they are perceiving only the tiniest bit of all that is, and that everything is nothing and nothing is everything as Deborah likes to say, whenever she describes Sagittarius mm-hmm. and that, that knowingness of it's almost impossible to know what you don't know Mm -hmm. and so how can people ever stand in something and say oh yeah this is all there is because there's not and I think I've even encountered a lot of witches who will say like no 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 this is the way that the universe works and I'm like for now (laughs) well yeah I mean we've also only we we don't necessarily only know what we know but we only can define our perception based off of our our reality up to that point you know it's the same thing of us thinking about angels from a human standpoint and then you look at the description from ezekiel what's where it's a wheel with a whole bunch of eyeballs all over it and wings and shit it's just kind of like it's it's a what it's an angel that's yeah. what the book says there's nine there's nine different choirs of them, and one of them one of them looks weird af so maybe we'll get to the point where it's like that's not weird that that's not that weird you know it's like a platypus you know, is that a beaver? Is it a duck? Is it a is it a goat? Like, what's going on with that thing? Why does it have spikes? A chimera. It? Yeah, it's a chimera. Gotta love chimeras. <laughs> Which technically, a sphinx should be considered one because human, eagle, lion—that's three. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I get bothered by people who. Well, <laughs> that's the lamastu, right? That's the uh, the um, not the, the Babylonian. They have the Lamastu, which is the same thing. It's the human face, lion's the mane. Eagle, yeah. And yeah, so the, the, uh, with the, I mean, the original ones in Egypt even had wings. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just lion, female body. And, and sometimes it's male too. Like that's what a lot of people don't realize. But also spirit is genderless and we're just interpreting it. <laughs> yeah. I think there's a definitely something that, helps our brains when we put gender onto it right there it it becomes easier to relate to if that's how we relate to things Mm -hmm. and or if we're really connected to like earth magic right because nature that's how nature works Mm -hmm. that's how it reproduces even flowers have arguably male and female organs so it becomes easy to define yin and yang or shiva and shakti or all of it. Yeah. If you're looking for a more simplified version of it, I mean, it's the supernal mother versus the, you know, the grounded Malkut. So it's like, you know, again, that's, we were talking before about the inversion of the polarity of energy. At some point it has to flip to go to the other direction 
for things yeah. to be I can go from being an all container to a small container. So and then you've got like Babylon. Yeah. She's fun. <laughs> all the Alistair Crowley things. Um, oh, and yes, and um, and what's up to Alistair Crowley? He passed away today, so I just wanted yeah. to say hi to him. It was very strange that uh, he just, like that cropped up. I was looking up information on him today and saw that his today was his his day of dropping his body. We'll say, yeah, exiting so. the Malthouse container. Yeah, yeah, and thank you for all of your uh, your teachings, dude. Because he, I mean, he really has changed the way that Western hermetic magic has been done. You know, like it's, it's, I know it was a hundred years ago, or I guess he passed away 50, 50 or so, 70 or so years ago, but it was, he did a lot. I didn't realize this either. He was a 33rd degree Mason at 26 years old. Like he was, he <laughs> was doing he was. this shit. Yeah. He was doing this shit like hard and fast when he was born. Like he knew what his job was. You know, yeah. you're talking about like sacrifice. He was like, I'm here to do cocaine and have sex with everything that moves. <laughs> And also all the magic shit. So maybe so we don't even ups, know what he did, right? Like, I mean, again, the, a lot of the stuff that I've read from Lon Milo Duquette, there's he was vilified a lot by everybody. Um, yeah. Well, so, what was his title? The most. He was the, the wickedest, wickedest man, man in the world. Yeah, yeah. So, and apparently the the name the Beast came from his mom because yeah. she always said that he was yeah. Le so fauve. It's like, yeah. <laughs> 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 you're the wild beast so, i was yeah. calling one of our preschool kids that the other day because she was she was she, tiny little thing and she grunts and roars and she can use sentences refuses most of the time although i heard her talk today it was really cute she's tiny she's like this big and says <laughs> <laughs> what do you want um i i really come to appreciate Alistair Crowley so much more over the past six months of doing work with Carolyn, but also just mm -hmm. work with myself, work with all souls. And this notion that um, no matter who it is we're talking about, it's all the people's perspectives who are left behind or who are uh, not them that we're getting mm -hmm. unless yeah. you've met them. And even then it's still your perspective of them. It's still my perspective of them. And whether it's, you know, the president or Alistair Crowley or um, your first grade teacher, it's still, mm -hmm. it's still not the essence of them. And, and it's impossible to see the entire picture unless you step into like God's self, complete observer and witness it out of the human yeah. brain. Well, again, let, letting go of the ego and not letting somebody else define what your reality is. Part of that is being able to to let your teachers be fallible, right? So it's like, yeah, I don't know what what all he did. I know that there's lots of stories, uh, but I also realized that like one of the books I was reading, he was uh, an advisor to um, to the British government. They never acknowledged it, whether he was or not. But he uh, he was telling him what the Nazis saying, were doing. It, well, yeah, and he was saying that if the if the Nazis are uh, if they are using all of this occult stuff, then you can use the symbolism yourself. And he's you know he told. Um, Churchill to use the V for victory symbol and that will kind of get into their head and I, I googled it right after and there are so many photos that have been archived of him using that symbol so whether it's this for fuck off or if it's this for peace you know it's a very powerful symbol no matter which way you're looking at it it's true uh, it's it's four it's past four now too I just want to make sure is. that you're not 
that you don't need to jump off. I know you had a thing to go to, but we can keep talking if you can pause it. Did you have a class? What are you doing? It is. It's a, it's a class for something I am in, but um, they are recording. It's okay. If I hop off right now, we'll be good. Okay. Do you want to leave anybody with symbol or a mantra? I do want to leave somebody with a mantra. Um, and it's uh, just because we were talking about um, sacrifice and, and devotion, it's bhakti. Um, Om bhakti gamaye namaha. Om and salutations to she who has reached through devotion and service. Hmm. So, What's gamaye? I don't know i should have looked that up before we got on here because of course you would have asked me that. of course of course well, gum, the analytical gum, mind <laughs> yeah well gum and gum are both ganesh um so i think that's it's through devotion and service so it's probably about like moving things or moving yeah uh, moving energetics for other people so uh, but i will look that up and we can put it in the show notes. information from yeah exactly okay. Om bhakti Om Bhakti Gamaye Namaha. Gamaye Namaha. And if you are a if you are a uh, subscriber, you can see that it's right there. There you go. It's in, <laughs> in, actually in the show tonight. Yeah, it is. Okay, cool. So um, and of course another Thomas Ashley Ferran book. So awesome. um, yeah. Well, I love you. I'm glad we got to Thank chat you. and I get to talk to you again tomorrow morning. So Yay! All right. All right. Thank you, everybody. Thank you.